Welcome to the Rams Review Podcast. Discussion, insights, interviews and analysis. All passion, all Derby Kent. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Rams Review Podcast with me, Jason and Corey, as always. Corey, hello. Jason, hello and we come to you on the air, Jason, because... Well, I think we were both a little frustrated with things that were going on, but we actually have some, I guess, breaking news to talk about, although not unexpected. We have some breaking news. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, you know, it's a, as we all say, it's it's a rarity because normally it comes out after we've done this podcast. But, hey, it's during or the, during the setup. Um, and for people that actually may get to listen to this, and it is breaking news to them, um, that Chris Kirchner has apparently pulled out of his bid to buy Derby County. Corey, we, we, this podcast has just kind of shaken, turned upside down because we was going to go on a mass rant about all this for five minutes. But now it looks like that, that Kirchner has disappeared. I think we can all say we're not surprised. Um, obviously, we're going to go over it uh, and what this potentially means. be interesting to see how much of this was to do with the EFL, um, the EFL meeting or phone call or whatever it may well have been that they had this morning. But there's been a hell of, hell of a lot going on over the last couple of weeks since we last was broadcasting. And, you know, we've been wanting to put something out, but we didn't know when to put something out because imminently 24 out of 48, you know, the whole the whole spiel that we've had for the for the last 18 months, we didn't want to put something out there and then it'd be, be outdated within 24 hours. So we've kind of waited until now. And we this, as we say, this podcast was going to be a bit of a rant. Um it oh, it's still going to be a rant for oh, me, yeah. Jason. Yeah, it's I've still been polishing my soapbox for like four days. It's still it, going it, on a rant. You're right. It is still going to be a rant, but um, we'll start with it. Surprise, surprise. Chris Kirchner, after being on Twitter, being on everything else. Um, he could walk the walk. Or he could talk the talk, but he couldn't walk the walk. Ultimately, when the cards were down, he had to pay the piper. And, you know, Jason, th- this is... This is kind of, I know me and you talked about this this weekend. You know, we, we had we had long impassioned discussions, I'll say, you know, over our messages and everything like that, because it's so it's so incredibly frustrating. I think it's not surprising. Um, I first like to point out that that Ed Dawes from BBC Radio Derby did say that Kirchner's bid, he had had from two sources Kirchner's bid. And Ed got, I'm just gonna say this is a side note. Ed got slated online, his partner got abuse online, and that is not acceptable. That is not right. Ed Dawes is an experienced journalist. He gets his sources. He can only go off of what his sources tell him, and he's ultimately proved right. So do not abuse them. Do not, and certainly do not abuse their spouses. There is that is uncalled for, and that is just not right. Ed has been on this podcast a couple of times. I know we've we've talked to him numerous times, Jason. And that's not to say that I'm defending my friend because if somebody did something wrong, I'd certainly come out and say it. But Ed Dawes is an experienced journalist working for you know the BBC. They don't you know they they have high standards of expectations for their writers as well and journalists and to go out there and to slate them and not only slate him but slate his partner is absolutely categorically unacceptable so that that just needs to stop and ultimately ed dawes was proven right no matter how people want to hear it or don't want to hear it but you know jason i think for me everything that summed up everything that was going on was that video that was posted from the golf tournament um uh by by um uh, the BBC journalist who was covering the golf. And he asked Chris Kirchner, what, what's this thing? And he said, oh, it'll all come out soon. He was kind of brooding and skulked off and things like that. And that's just not a good look. And I think that's for me, it's offensive on very many levels. And I'm going to get to this, Jason, because I'm a Derby supporter. So for me, 
you know, it's offensive because it's just rude. You just don't treat people like that. It's just, it's just rude. It's unprofessional. You just look like an idiot. You look like a slob, right? And it's, it's disrespectful. And to be honest with you, as an American, I'll be honest with you, I'm slightly ashamed of that because he basically is just an American pig, um, the way he's treating people and things like that. And he can shoot his mouth off on Twitter, all that he wants. And he can, oh, I'm going to do this, this, this. He ultimately backed out once, went to try to buy Preston. They discovered he had no money. So he tried to go back into Derby. Thank God. It really feels like we dodged a bullet here. I'm not saying he's another Eric Alonzo or a Ben Zayad group, because I'm not saying that. He didn't post a fake house from TikTok on this thing, okay? But he tried to front the money up. Oh, and then we've got the perspective. Sorry, Jason, a little bit of a rant here. It's coming out earlier than perspective because it's like cathartic, right? Oh, well, you know, we had a holiday, Memorial Day, and then you guys had the Jubilee. Yeah, you realize if you're doing, I, I, okay, I've, I've not done multi-million pound transactions, but you realize that like, you, you know, those are coming up, that that wasn't like a, whoa, hey, whoa, it's Christmas tomorrow. Like, you, you know, this is coming up. You knew the Jubilee was coming. You knew this was coming. I mean, I'm 4,000 miles away, Jason. Obviously, I have English heritage, so I, I'm aware of the Jubilee weekend and I'm aware of those kind of the different holidays that you guys have and, uh, different to ours. You know, in, in two weeks time, we've got the, the Juneteenth or the week after uh, next Monday, we've got the Juneteenth holiday. Right. So, you know, the banking transfers aren't going to do. I know that because I'm off of work. So, you know, that's coming. So try to get your transactions done. And he's sitting there. Well, everything will come out in the wash and everything, this, that and the other. And it's disgraceful. He was rude and he's pulled. He tried to pull the wool over people's eyes. And thank God, because I hate to say this, Jason, he's a charlatan of the highest order. And thank God he can get on his little private jet back to wherever the hell he came from and freaking never step foot in Derby again. And I hope they send him a bill for the bloody hat and the coat that he got as well, because the club needs the money, because I'm sure the hell you pay for it. But it's just not a good look. And, it, and it's just disappointing on so many different levels, the way that, the way that he acted. He acted like a petulant child um, with the way that he went about his business. And it's just, it's just disgusting. It's just disgraceful. He puts, he puts um, Americans in a bad light. He puts football ownerships in a bad light. He puts quantum in a bad light, which I'm going to get onto in a minute, but it's just disgraceful. He's an absolute disgrace. I hope, I think we've dodged a bullet here because I don't think he had any money to begin with. I mean, I might be completely wrong, whatever. It's just my opinion. So I'm entitled to that. Um, and I think that, you know, Derby County is going to be the better for it. Now, moving on, Quantuma, I don't know what the hell they're doing. There's been reports that Mike Ashley, sorry, I don't want to go hard on Quantuma, Jason. I'm going to stop there. I don't want to hurt their feelings because they'll put another press release out. So I'll just turn that over to you. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> just to, I mean, we can kind of draw a line under Chris Kircher now about the signs of it, and it'd be interesting to see what comes out in the wash. Uh, most points that you've just covered there, um, uh, uh, I, f- I feel the same in what I wanted to talk about. Um, and there was also a report yesterday that came out. I don't know who it was by. I can't remember now. I think it was the Daily Mail or the day before that said, you know, Kirchner was probably in for about 1.6 million that he would potentially lose that he's already he's already paid out. And we know that there's been contrasting reports on this, Corey, that was he paying the wages? Apparently he was paying the wages. Then apparently he wasn't paying the wages. And he, he said he was funding the club from this point, And then apparently maybe wasn't we 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 just don't know well, didn't he also say that he made his money out of crypto and then that's just basically tanked in the last week so maybe that has something to do with it i don't know but you know you also hear the reports jason not to cut you off but to go on to continue on the on the on the chris Kirshner thing um you know i had said when we did our preferred bitter announced podcast that the jury was still out i was cautiously optimistic but i wanted to see where the money was coming from before i'm fully backing chris Kirshner because he can talk the talk but he's got to pay the piper 
And he's not been able to do that. And I think we really, really dodged a bullet here. I think we just would have been, it just would not have worked out at all in any sense on any level, because I don't think he has the wherewithal, the experience or the money to compete. Because I spoke with Michael Knighton not too long ago, the former Manchester United owner. And it's, it's an expensive game football for an owner to be in. Mel Morris has two or 300 million pounds, all right, 500 million pounds or something like that. And he couldn't do it. Chris Kirchner's got like five and he can't do it. Wayne Rooney's worth 10 times that. And I'm sure he can't do it because it's a very, very expensive game. Now, the thing that also worries me, Jason, and then I'll let you have a go for a minute. The report came out that Chris Kirchner was named preferred bidder because he was going to give a bigger payment to Quantuma for them brokering the deal, which I don't know is true or not true. There's sometimes misinformation in these deals, but that just stinks. That is, and I'm not saying like stinks isn't that's bad. That just smells. That's awful. And if people are doing things like that in this kind of business, which I'm sure goes on because I'm not naive. I understand that these things happen. That's a disgrace. And there's a certain company that should never work in football again. But I don't want to name them because I don't want them to be butthurt and then put a feel and be, oh, statement about how, you know, things have been made and it hurts their feelings. So continue, Jason. Yeah, I mean, for me, we may as well just wrap this because it was going to be a lot more of a rant about him. Uh, it's pointless now. He's he's pulled out. Be interesting to see, as I say, if things come out in the wash. Um, he got he did towards the end, got slightly arrogant. I mean, I'm not wanting to call the fan base, but at the first sign of trouble, there were a lot of people on social media that got straight on his back. Everybody, yeah, to be fair, I mean, continuing to tweet him and add him and DM him. Yeah. I don't think there's necessarily a need just for chill that. out a little bit. The yeah. guy was a charlatan. Let's just call it what it is. But you know, and we're all charlatan. But he doesn't have the money. So no. I'll rescind my charlatan comment. But he doesn't have the money. He's moving on. But to continue to like at the first sign of trouble, and this is what I said with about Ed Dawes, Jason. This is what irritated me. Ed Dawes came out on national radio, and he said, "I've got two sources that tell me this bid's going to fail," and it's the first sign of trouble. Right. And people are all on trying to abuse Ed Dawes, trying to abuse Ed Dawes' partner because it's something they don't want to hear. Mm. something they don't want to admit they're not involved in the negotiations. I'm not involved in negotiations. So I can only, you know, my my whole care is that Derby County is a future concern. So I can show that to future generations. I'm not going to criticize Ed because of his sources. People do get stuff wrong. That happens. I remember talking to Ryan Conway. Sources are sometimes wrong about different things. It happens. But to go out there and to put your your neck on the line and say this, and because it goes against because it goes against the way that Twitter feels, you know, that's not how you're supposed to do journalism. He was reporting on a story; he was ultimately right, and that's the same thing. Like, oh, bombarding Chris Kirchner, it's just it's infantile. Just just let the guy if he wants to play his golf, let him play his golf. He's not playing his golf. If if he's doing a football deal, he can play golf and do a football deal because he'll have people who are doing it for him. Because when you're trying to do this, you have middle people that make these transactions for you. And it's just like, you just break out all of a sudden in this mass panic and just start adding people all the time. Some of the stuff is fine, but it goes to an extreme. And sometimes the messages and things just aren't, aren't nice and appropriate to do. So yeah, that's just, that's just a bit thing because, because you sense blood in the water, you sense something weird coming down the pipe. I'm just going to start this tweet storm and start, ripping people a new one about it. I mean, it is what it is. And ultimately, you know, 
everything will come out in the wash. So there's no point in, there's no point being excessive about it and abusing people and whatever. If Chris Churcher's pulled out because he doesn't have the money or he's not happy with certain, fine. Then, then we don't need him at Derby County anyway. There was a Derby County for 138 years before Chris Kirchner. And there'll be a Derby County, hopefully, for 138 years after. But we don't know that. But it'll certainly go for another two weeks without him. So, yeah, you know, no, uh, that's it. That's I mean, fine. final question on it, and then we will we will say farewell, and we'll probably never hear his um, his name mentioned again. What do you what do you think, Corey? To what what was it? If he was a charlatan, if he was fake, if it was this, if it was that, what was his angle? Why public publicity? Maybe yes. Because forever now, when you search his name, it will come up as a guy who tried to buy a football club. And I think you can spin that in any different way that you want. You could sit there and go, like for instance, okay, let's take Preston for instance. Right, he tried to buy Preston. Preston said, "Well, we didn't think he had the funds." He comes out and says, "No, I did have the funds." You move the negotiating price. The yardsticks kind of moved. It took too long. You know, factors outside of my control. So you can kind of deflect and people have NDAs and people have different things. So the truth may never really come out. But when you when you do that kind of thing, you know, it, it can be to now, hey, look at me. I'm a legitimate businessman. I'm serious. I only I sponsor golf. I play in these 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 golf tournaments. I'm not a big golf guy. So it's like, whatever you sponsor golf. Good for you. Um, but I tried to buy not one, but two football clubs. It kind of legitimizes your business, um, makes you seem kind of that you're on a different pedestal, right? I mean, it's like, Jason, if I go all of a sudden start hanging out with Lewis Hamilton, I become a, they think of me as kind of some like celebrity kind of thing because I'm buddies with Lewis Hamilton or I'm buddies with, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo or something like that. When really, I just happened to be at the same place at the same time. We got on, we had a bit of a chat. You see what I mean? But then all of a sudden it's like, well, look at Corey's a friend of Lewis Hamilton, which I'm not. I'd love to be because I think he's a great guy. But, you know, mm. see what I mean? Like it, it, it elevates your status all of a sudden because you're, you're rubbing shoulders with that kind of people, that kind of ilk. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I think that that's kind of how it how it was. I mean, you're you're also reading these reports about his company Slink IO, and I'm not going to slate anything here, but this is just things that I have read. Um, I think it came from Elias Burke at The Athletic. They failed to pay. They failed to pay wages. They don't really have a great company. What would you call it? Company atmosphere. Um, so, I mean, if that's how you run your business, is that really how you want to run your football club? I mean, I, I don't. I don't think so. Because um, there's a lot of people's lives at stake here. You know, this is a massive institution. We're going to talk about it later. It's a massive institution, which doesn't mean it's not too big to fail. Darby County could go out of business tomorrow and outside of the people that support Darby County, I don't think, I mean, English football will care, but you know, it'll move on. Um, I hate to stand just being honest, you know, uh, but there's a lot of people that rely on this. There's a lot of people that have livelihoods tied in this. I mean, we do a podcast, we do content creation for these different for Darby County. We don't get paid. We're fans, but there are people that this is their job. This is their livelihood. This is, means everything to them. I mean, it means everything to me as part of my identity. I know it means a lot to you, but when I say it means everything, it means their mortgage. It means being able to put food on the table for their family. I mean, again, I know what it's like to have been furloughed. I know what it's like to have been locked out from your job and to not get paid for an extended period of time. Cause I've been there and I've done it. I've got the t-shirt. Um, 
but to say, I mean, it's a scary proposition, you know, and, and you don't know what's going to happen next. And so that's who I feel for most. That's who's hurting the players. Yeah. I want the players to stay. I want Darby County to have a successful team, but the players will be okay. Even the players under contract, cause they'll get released. They'll go get picked up by a league one or championship level club. It's just happened. They'll, they'll, they'll latch on through no fault of their own, but then you have ground staff, kit, kit, kit managers, assistant kit managers, canteen workers, you know, janitors, you have, um, grounds, people, electricians, plumbers, ticket office staff, front office staff, marketing staff, they're all going to be left when the music stops without a chair. And that's what's, that's, what's disappointing. And that's what hurts. Yeah. But, you know, to draw the line into Chris Kirchner, which we've been trying to do for five minutes, but I continue to ramble. He's gone. He's dusty. He's done all these little private jet back to America. Um, and now we can finally, hopefully move on with other preferred bidders. But as we know, Jason, the EFL put a statement out yesterday and that's not necessarily uh, the case, is it? Well, <clears throat> yeah, next point. I mean, well, tie, sort of tie the two in together. I, th- I think the EFL did have to step in. There was clearly something wrong. Like you say, Quantuma. I, do you know what? I haven't got enough time. I haven't got enough effort to talk about them. We, we know their, their failings. We know everything. And clearly the EFL have realised that, you know, probably a few months too late, but they realise that, you know, something is something is really, really strange. Um, reports, obviously, have surfaced a lot over the last three or four days when, obviously, the Kirchner bid, I said I was not going to mention it again, and there I go 30 seconds in. But, you know, when that, when that bid was looking like it was on the rocks, all this extra information started coming out. Um, and obviously, the next topic is, what's next? Well, what's next seems to be Mike Ashley, Corey, somebody who... Obviously, we've spoken about before. He's been he's been a name that's been linked, and then you hear reports that, of course, he hasn't been spoken to. He's been ignored. He's been this, that, and the other. And of course, over the weekend, there's been uh, proof of emails and things like that being sent out, saying, you know, I've got the money to go. Why don't you? Why aren't you? Why aren't you talking to me? But we know what the stumbling block. Well, we believe we know what the stumbling block was. Is that Mike Ashley turned around to Quantumer and said, "Well, I ain't paying." seven million pounds for basically you doing sweet fa for the last eight uh you know seven eight months or whatever it's been and then he got ignored i mean there's there's reports out there again that there was a deal done with ashley in december we don't know how true that is it's it's a report that it was done and then again he he he, he fired his mouth off about quantuma about how much they wanted to be uh how much they wanted to be paid and ashley went no no sorry not going to be doing that and of course, because there was other people, funnily enough, in and around the same time that Kirchner came back, it, it just goes to show you that, you know, something's, something doesn't sit quite right with me, Corey. And, and as I say, it might be months and months and it may well never come out. But I think there, there is a period of time here. And, you know, it, there is no, to me, I, I'm, this is not propaganda, but there is no surprise to me that Quantuma work in a very, very similar way to what Mel Morris does when Mel Morris was the one who employed them kind of cut from the same cloth in, in my opinion but I don't want to get bogged down on that too much I want to look towards the future we've got a couple more things to rattle off on the podcast before we leave it for for a couple of weeks again but what is next like we said th- there's been names flying around Andy Appleby sounds like he hasn't got the the backing um is it Steve Morgan from uh Wolves again? Wolves but then there was a report out yesterday that he's he kind of lost interest after yeah. looking at the deal but 
there's I'm, newer there's newer names in the frame as well, Corey. Un, unknown consortiums. Yeah, there's one a couple un, unnamed bidders, but I think again, Jason, you're right. All kind of rows lead to one person, and that's Mike Ashley. He's got a big sack of cash. Um, he has a history of buying businesses that are on the rocks. When you look at House of Fraser, when you look at, um, I believe it was Debenhams. Was it Debenhams as well that he purchased? Yeah. He has a he has a thing of you know high street, um, high street merchants and turning them around. Look, he took a lot of flack at Newcastle because let's be honest, Newcastle United is the lifeblood of Newcastle, right? There's there's not else a lot else to do up there. People, people, I mean, I'm just being honest here. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm Newcastle. I like it. The Lake District's beautiful. I love County Durham. It's fantastic. But that football, that that city lives and breathes Newcastle United. They get like 60,000 every week. They got it when they were in the championship, even when they were garbage. They went up a couple times. They, they've had a couple promotions and relegations. But ultimately, they're a steady Premier League club. Um, and then you see, you know, again, I don't think one owner is going to come into Derby County and turn the thing. But what you need is you need someone like Ashley to come in, Mike Ashley to come in, steady the ship, uh, kind of what they did under Appleby and GSE before, right? Steady the ship, see how things go, then turn the keys over to someone who can push on and take that next step. Look at Newcastle now. Mike Ashley steadied the ship. Yeah, they were on the rocks for a bit. He turned it over to the Saudi backers. And they they won like I, they weren't ridiculous. They were bottom of the league, and I think they finished like eleventh. I mean, it was mental their mm-hmm. turnaround in the last half of the Premier League season. Insane. Um, and you look at GSE. I mean, Dar- Darby were treading water for years, and all of a sudden, flip of a switch, McLaren. They're wiping the floor with everybody, and we play a final, and we didn't anticipate it. So it'll be interesting. Again, it's it's worrying that other interested parties are there, and the administrators are reportedly not talking to them. That's just weird. But it is it is what it is. I, I wouldn't disagree with your conspiracy theory. Uh, I'll just put it that way. I wouldn't disagree with it. Um, but yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. And I think the key point here was the EFL statement yesterday. And I think the EFL felt compelled to get involved. And I'm pleased that they did. Um, because they said, look, you basically have the way I read this was, okay, Corey's take on this thing. You basically have two weeks to sort this out or you won't be in the fixture list for the new computer and we'll pull your golden ticket. Because I think it's gone on long enough. I think the EFL can see that one or multiple parties are dragging their feet, that there is really no end in sight for this. Um, They're privy to more information than obviously we are. They're probably privy to a lot more information than the press are. And I think that they just felt compelled to say this. And the way that I see this is the next two weeks, we've been saying this for months, Jason, that the next two weeks are going to be crucial for Darby. The next two weeks are going to be crucial because if there's not a bidder by the 23rd of June, the next 10 days, Derby County will not be in the EFL League One. They will not be in any EFL competition. They will have to go to the National League or they will have to just be out of the league for a year because they, at the end of the day, I know we're Derby County supporters and we have to look at things through a Derby County lens, but you cannot sit there and have the fixture list compromised from day one under any circumstances. You just cannot do it. The EFLs took enough flack from this, from Darby and from other clubs as well for their pillar mismanagement. So at least they're trying. I don't think I don't think this is the EFL trying to be predictive. I don't think this is the EFL trying to have an agenda like we have thought they've had in the past. I think this is the EFL actually doing their job as a governing body and saying this mess needs to be sorted. I mean, we would say the same thing. If we're Darby County, we're in a good financial footing and another team is doing the same thing 
putzing about, messing about. We go, man, I wonder what's going on down the A52 or, you know, what's going on at Stoke or Millwall or whatever. Like, this is crazy. How can they fill their fixtures? How can we potentially go there in October, November, December, January, February and play a league when they might not be, when they might not be in, uh, in existence. And so you cannot under any circumstances break the integrity of the game that you set to govern. So fair play. And in some respects, the EFL for coming out for the statement, obviously it hurts because I'm a Darby County supporter, but fair play for them in the wider football. And you, you have to take a stand. You have to say, look, we got to do, we got to do something here. And so the next 10 days are crucial. And I would, I would estimate Jason. I don't know if there's not a buyer found Darby County will not be taking part in the EFL because once the fixtures come out, you're kind of done. They're not adding you back in after a couple of weeks. You just, you just ain't playing. Um, yeah, no, the, uh, and it might even be a couple of days before that because the EFL then league one need to figure out what they're going to do. Do they go with a team short? Do they promote like, you know, a team from league two up and then promote, you know, Knotts County or something from the conference up to league two. How, how does it, how does it work out? How do you have 92 teams still? Or do you just play with 91 for a year? Like they did with Barry. And then every team essentially gets one team gets one week off you know, every team gets, you know, two weeks off mm-hmm. of the season home and away uh, that would be the fixtures for Derby. So it'll be, it'll be extremely crucial. Um, we've already started to see some movement on personnel fronts. Um, so, you know, th- nothing's changed. This has to be sorted sooner rather than later. And, you know, I just hope that when it is sorted, that it is somebody who's given it to the right hands. I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, I'm so desperate for Derby County to survive and play next season that I'll take anybody to run the football club. It has to be the right person. It has to be doing the right thing. I want Derby County to survive. But, you know, if Chris Kirchner took, so, takes over and he's got no money, what's the point? Because you're going to end up being garbage anyway, and you're going to go down and you're going to get relegated for a couple more years. So hopefully this is going to start to force some people's hands and realize, hey, we can't be playing silly buggers anymore. We have to seriously and earnest get this deal done. And like you said, Andy Appleby's interested. He's trying to find some new investment because I think a couple of investors pulled out and all roads kind of lead to Mike Ashley, which I'm not going to say he's going to be the great savior. He's going to ride in on a white horse and save everybody. Because I know if you ask some Geordies that the time at Newcastle was kind of meh, kind of sucked overall, but then also, you know, it's Newcastle. So they think they're a massive like European power, but they're not, but not yet, anyway. Uh, um, but I, but he's got the ilk. He's got the experience. He's got the people. You can put you can put people in the right positions to, to do the job. And he yeah. might not be sexy. He might not be attractive. But if it secures the future of this football club, and he's willing to invest, and maybe he realizes, hey, I made some mistakes at Newcastle. Maybe he realized, hey, the Premier League was a bit too rich for my blood. Look at the two times his club was in the championship. They smashed the division. Granted, they had Premier League players, but you know, maybe a lower league, he can kind of rebuild his um, credibility within football. It's going to be a little bit less money to to run and, and do transfers. You know, you're playing in a big market, the Premier League. So, you know, who knows? But I want Derby County to get sold. I want the situation to be sorted. But I want it to be someone who's going to take the care of this football club that this football club deserves, and not just someone who's in it for whatever their own personal reasons are. Yeah, no, I mean, we, we mentioned about this weeks ago on the podcast, Mike Ashley, he is a bit of a Marmite kind of thing, dependent on on who you listen to. But I think when, yes, there are going to be cons out there, but when you, you do look at the pros, he has got experience 
And like you say, he probably did make mistakes at Newcastle. He's, he's not necessarily going to make the same mistakes again. I agree with you. Is he going to come in and start throwing millions of pounds around? No. He's a ruthless businessman. He will get Derby in order. And I, I came out on this podcast weeks ago and said about the Appleby and, you know, the GSE group. It was that they did that back in the early 2010s or whatever it was. But what they didn't do is then ever really progress it. Whereas, because they never had the finance to do it. Whereas Mike Ashley, if he wants to and gets Derby into a position where he wants to uh, and can, then we know we can, he, he has the backing. You know, he's going to be in for what? 28 to 30 million quid, if if that. Um it's it's ten percent of what he's just made off of off of Newcastle. It's 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 a it's not a no risk is a is a gamble. You know, no gamble is a risk. All gambles are risks. But there's something there where you know you could probably look at it and go, mm, yeah, yeah, we can have a go at that. Um, and it'll be interesting. Obviously, our next episode was going to be talking about the fixture release day. Um, be interesting to see if we've got any fixtures to be released. Um, I've got a feeling there might be a podcast before then, Corey, because I've got a feeling that one thing that Derby haven't got, we've said this so many times, but now it's really starting to get close. Derby now have not got time. That's one thing that they haven't got. I expect a lot of wheels to be in motion. Like you said, the EFL have been involved. I think that was a very much of a shouty ranty going, right, hang on a minute, there's three people here have come out and said they've tried to speak to you and you've blatantly ignored them. I suggest you pull your fingers out. If that means the creditors get less money, sorry, that's going to be the deal. If that means Derby get minus 15 points next season, sorry, that's going to be the deal. But we can't have this. Like you said, in the bigger picture, we can't have this disrupting our EFL. Because, and it, this should have happened months ago, Corey. It really should. But it should have. And I don't want anyone to sit here and think that I'm anti-Derby County because I'm not, because I love the football club. But Derby County is not too big to fail. Derby County is important to us. But in the grand scheme of the footballing landscape with hundreds of thousands of teams at the tens of thousands of teams at the professional level, if Derby County were to go bust, we thought, oh, man, Bury's gone out of business. Can I be honest with you, Jason? I don't think anybody right now really misses Bury except for Bury fans. I might be wrong. Whatever. I'm just saying I'm just saying you don't sit there and go, oh, man, I wish we were playing Bury this week, like unless you're the Bury fans or you're the rival. So it's just a bit of a weird thing. And, you know. Talking about lack of time as well, Jason. We're shortly running out of time here on this mm. podcast. But there was something else that we wanted to discuss, I believe, because there was some other, I wouldn't say breaking, but we'll call it breaking news. Um, Talk Sport are reporting that Liam Rossini, Derby County Assistant Manager Liam Rossini, is close to taking the Blackpool job after Neil Critchley, weirdly enough, took the assistant Villa. job at Villa. Mm. I like Critchley. I thought he was a good manager. I think Blackpool, they're going to find it tough to replace him. But, Jason, we've got like five minutes left. Liam Racine, you're on the way to Blackpool. It's definitely a blow for the Rams. Yeah, absolutely. A massive blow. I mean, it's something that we kind of expected. We all sat, what, 18 months ago, think, wondering why Racine didn't get the Derby job in, instead of Wayne Rooney and, you know, Wayne coming in as an assistant or, or whatever it may well have been. We were we were gobsmacked. And we thought, we said at the time, that's, that's got to be a bit of a punch in the gut, really, for him because, obviously, he'd been at Derby for a couple of years. Um that was sort of like the natural natural progression. And, and everything you hear in and around the club, when obviously when we're covering things, we, we hear things. And everybody says the same thing about him. You know, he's, he's a brilliant coach. He's a brilliant this. I mean, can he make that step up? Is he a Steve McLaren where he's more of a coach than a manager? Who knows? We don't know. But he's got to be given. He's, he's done his hard yards in, in coaching. He's done his hard yards in, you know, since he's left uh, hung his boots up. 
and I mean, Blackpool, what an opportunity. Like you say, I'm surprised Neil Critchley left. We don't know what's going on up there, but it is surprising that he's gone. Um, but I mean, but what when a, you look at it, sorry, go on, finish your point. Yeah, Jason. Say, what, what an opportunity if, if Rossini does want to leave. I'm sure he'd leave Derby with a heavy heart. But, you know, we, we've been focused on how the players might feel about signing players onto contracts. We don't know what the future of Wayne Rooney is going to be. But, of course, Liam Rossini, another, you know, you can't, we've, always, we've already said, any player that wants to get out, can't blame them. If Wayne Rooney wants to leave, can't blame him. Liam Rossini, Well, you also Jason hear PSC. reports that Wayne Rooney, Wayne Rooney was all in on Chris Kirchner's deal. So yeah. Chris Kirchner has now pulled out, what, 35 minutes ago. We've been talking now for about 30 minutes, 35 minutes ago or so. He's officially pulled out. So it'll be interesting to see what the thing for Wayne is. For Liam Rossini, I wasn't his biggest fan when he came in. He's impressed me. He seems like a very intelligent man. He's come up through the ranks. Best of luck to him at Blackpool. If it is confirmed, I would assume that it's going to be confirmed. TalkSport wouldn't have reported it. He's going into a good opportunity there in Blackpool. They're a solid championship side. They've got some very, very good players, you know, and, and, and maybe they can make a playoff run next season. Who knows? But, you know, nice place to play your football in Blackpool. He's going to have an opportunity there to go into a nice family-style club and build something. But, you know, like you just said there, who knows about the future of Wayne Rooney? We know that he was all in on the Chris Kirchner deal. Chris Kirchner is not here anymore. I don't think he's coming back for round three. I think he's going back to America on his private jet. Sorry, it's can't give effect. He's got a private jet. Sure. Mm. Sure, buddy. Yeah. Um, you can rent those in America, by the way. You can you can have a deal. You can pay like a yearly. I can pay like $30,000 a year, and I can have a private jet whenever I want it. And it's not mine. I just pay money to, to Costco. Whatever. Um, I don't pay that. But nevertheless. Um, yeah. So, you know, you know, William Senior, and I think this is just, this might just be the start of the exodus because I think you're going to start to see these dominoes fall, these players who are out of contract. They're going to have to sign somewhere else. Preseason starts in two weeks, mate. And you can't, you can't, if you're a player, be waiting around because of Darby County. I mean, I'm sure Curtis Davis loves Darby, but he can't be waiting around for his next contract at Darby. He's got to go where he can. And also he did an interview on talk sport, having to find updates at him and the other players on Twitter about what's going on. That's just disgraceful. Um, I, I don't know what's going on there, but there's obviously something really broken. We've known that for a while. But, you know, best of luck. Uh, best of luck to, to Liam Senior. He will be a miss to Rooney. I don't know if that was always a match that I felt Rooney kind of wanted, mm. but it did seem kind of they, they, they did kind of grow together and they did kind of jive off of each other one or two. So it'll be interesting to see if Rooney, one, does stay after Chris Kirchner's pulled out. But two, um, you know, who, who's the new Derby County assistant manager if Rudy does stay? I think that's the thing that, I mean, whilst it is a, a negative, and like you said, this is one of the, like, it's the first big name to go, sort of, um, and surprisingly, it's not a player. Um, yeah, it, but it, the other side of that is the optimism of if things get sorted out, who, yeah, who could be in, who could be in the dugout alongside Rooney, alongside whoever it may well be. Uh, it, it gives an opportunity for for somebody else to come in and, and maybe make a name for themselves at Derby. And obviously, we want to focus on on that side of things, the good side of things. Um, we all knew that there was going to be a hell of a lot of change in the next, you know, couple few weeks. Like you say, this it does feel like it's probably the first domino. The domino effect might start now. It's the first one. The first one's moving on. Fully expected it to be a player, as I said, um, rather than than anything else. And again, unfortunately. You know, weeks on, months on, Corey, uh, just to wrap up before we, we, we leave. We're still sat here. We still know we're still none the wiser. Things have come and gone. Um, and 
ju- just an- another chapter in the saga of what has been Derby County over the over the last two years. And you know, I'm going to end my piece before saying goodbye with to you um, with something that you mentioned earlier. The next ten days, things things could change, and things will change in the next ten days, like like we've just alluded to. We are either going to have somebody, and we'll know that we're playing in League One, or we might not have we're playing at all. Yeah, we basically we might not be playing at all. But that's it from me, Corey. I'll let you finish up and, and end the show. Yeah, Jason, sorry I talked so much. It was very cathartic for me, though, because I've um, been bottling all this in for a long time, and it really, it was just been really irritating me. I'm sure that you got that. I'm sure the listeners got that. I'm, I'm, I am allowed, like, four rants a season, so it's technically closed season, so this doesn't count my allotment of rants. Um, but, yeah, you know, it'll be interesting, like say, next 10 days. going to be very important for this football club. Uh, 138 years of history comes down to essentially the next 10 days. I'm not trying to be alarmist. I'm just trying to be honest. That's just the way it is. Um, and it'll be interesting to see where Rangers future falls. If he, uh, if he's all in on the Kirchner deal and Chris Kirchner's not in a deal anymore. And before we go, Jason, I just like to say, um, you know, this has kind of thrown our off our close season plans to a thing. We do have a player interview coming out here shortly, uh, which we're really excited about. Um, we will be back hopefully for fixture release day and, 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 and doing some bits around that as well. So still got more to come. We need to get this, this financial situation done and, I'm um, also, I'm sure everyone's seen your, uh, your, uh, the tweets that have come out. If you're interested in helping us out on a project, please go ahead and send us a DM on any of the social channels. We'd love to talk with you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a bit more on that, maybe in the next seven to 10 days, 24 or 48 hours, that kind of thing. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Very difficult to um, get excited about a new project when we don't even know if we're, we're going to have a football club this time next week, but um, we, we, we will see. Yep, that is us for this episode. Uh, thanks everybody for for downloading and listening. And as always, up the Rams. Thank you for listening to the Rams Review Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast. And if you'd like to get in touch, we're on Twitter at Rams Review One. On Facebook, Rams Review Podcast. Drop us an email, ramsreview at hotmail.com. And until next time, up the Rams. <laughs>